Hello and welcome to the Complaint Desk. Drop your complaints in the bin on your way out. We're just two worship pastors discussing all things worship and church leadership. I'm Danny, I'm here with Doug, and we're here to help you navigate the life and ministry of a worship pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's jump right in. What's up? The mute button got me again. (laughs) What's up, dude? Man, it's funny how that happens. We do all the tests in the world, and then it's like, nope. (laughs) I really, what it was, it it threw me off my game because Angela just texted me like two seconds before I was ready to hit the button. (laughs) It's funny. Funny how that all works out, isn't it? (laughs) All of it's going on at the same time. Man, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Waking up, waking up. Yeah. It's kind of hard this morning, not going to lie. Yeah. I I probably... uh, I probably woke up, I guess it was about like quarter to six. I just woke up and I was wide awake, but it was hard to get out of bed. People say they do that. I don't know if I've ever done that in my entire life. I, you <laughs> I know, mean, I have. I, there's been a couple times, but not often do I just wake up. <laughs> it, it doesn't happen much, but sometimes, man, when it happens, I must have slept really good. I must have gotten it all in last night. That must be what it is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, man, good to see you today. I uh, appreciate you appreciate you being here this morning, and I uh, look forward to good morning talking about what uh, what we what we've got going on and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and jump right in, man. Uh, I want to read uh, this week. Sorry, I still can't turn my head. <laughs> no. <laughs> I had to turn my whole body. Uh, I want to read from First uh, Samuel chapter eight. Um, this this is something that just kind of struck uh, struck out stood out to me to, uh, this Struck week you. as let's I was not, reading Let's it. not strike you with anything, okay? Uh, <laughs> been there, done that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, 1 Samuel eight ten says, So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. So that's your context right there. Mm. Uh, he said, These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots to be his horsemen, to run before his chariots and he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and some to plow his ground and reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take the 10th of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. He will take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys, and put them to his work. Excuse me. He will take the tenth of your flocks, and you will, and you shall be his slaves. In that day, you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty pretty stout passage right there. Yeah, but verse nineteen. But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, "No." But there shall be a king over us. Here's here's what I want to focus on. Verse twenty that we may that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. When Samuel had heard all the words of the people, he repeated them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, "Obey their voice and make them a king." Samuel said to the men of Israel, "Go every man to his city." And so all of that, I mean, Samuel gives a pretty, pretty stout warning. I mean, the king is going to take the best of everything you have. Yep. He's going to take your your servants. He's going to take your sons. He's going to take your daughters. He's going to take your fields. Uh, he's going to take everything. You're going to be his slave. Put you in servitude, yeah. 
And in the day, in that day, when you cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. And what do they say? No, but there shall be a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. We also may be like all the nations. So, I mean, as I read that, I'm thinking, you know what, how much... How much do we still act like that today? How much do we still want? Well, let's just, let's be real here. As we're talking about worship and leadership, how much would we love to have a ministry the size of like Elevation or Bethel? And we want that and we want things to be that. I say that generally right. I mean, I, I don't desire to be that. I don't. I don't think. I mean, at some, at some level, would it be cool? Of course it would. But God's not you, giving you me that. You desire to have impact and reach and and get the message out, yeah. the gospel out, and and if that's big or small or whatever. I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but what comes with that, right? I mean, you know, we've talked about uh, people that are falling from grace, if you will, people that have done things that have gotten them into hot water and they've lost their ministries. They've lost their yeah. families. They've lost even more than that. I mean, I mean, what, what are we asking for? Right. You remember back, what was it, man? Early two thousands, the prayer of Jabez. That was, a. Uh, oh God, Dan Wilkinson. Yeah. He even admitted himself that he never in a million years thought that that would take off like it did. It was just a simple little leaflet book. <laughs> But but you remember though, I mean that was huge, and the prayer there is God enlarge, enlarge my, my borders, yeah, yep. enlarge my coast, give and, me more. And what what comes with that? And that's one of the things you know we're going we're going to touch on that some today um, as we we get into social media here in just a little bit. But you know as we think about these things, I mean what comes with it? I mean Samuel tells you right here what comes with being like the world, or being mm-hmm. like the others, and I. I I'm not saying Bethel or Elevation or whatever. I'm not saying they're the world, but I am saying, you know, when we desire those kinds of things, when we desire to be like someone else, when we desire to have something that someone else has, covetousness, right? Yeah, well, that's what the first thing I thought of was the Ten Commandments. And well, well, when we desire those things and we ask yeah. God for those things, we need to be aware of what we're asking because right here they said, okay, Samuel, we hear everything you're saying, and we don't care. Mm-hmm. Give us. They, they tried to say it in a nice way. Yeah. <laughs> Give us what we're asking because that we may be like all the nations and that our king may judge us. Mm. I mean, you got to be careful what you ask for. You got to understand what you're asking for because Sam, Samuel plainly lays it out and says, here's what's going to happen to you. I'm a prophet of the Lord. Here's what he's told me. Here's what's going to happen. And they're like, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Take the best of our stuff. We'll have a king. Well, they, they, in their, and I, it's, this is going to go into what we're talking about today. In, in their minds, you can just see how it plays out. They think they know better than Samuel, and thus, by extension, they think they know better than God. Mm-hmm. They likely would have not said, we know better than God, but they definitely would say, we, we know better than Samuel. He's just one guy. He's not, 
Well, I would argue that they wouldn't say that they're better than God or that they know better than God. They wouldn't say those words. But their attitude was that, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like it matters. I mean, Scripture tells us it doesn't matter whether you say it or not. The Lord knows what's in your heart and in your mind. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'll get into a little bit of that with with social media. I see see a lot of folks in, in, in social media today saying just those words, really. I know better than God, or I know better than, I mean, look, let's be honest. Everybody's an official PhD and everything nowadays when you, when you get on and, and, and talk about it. Thanks. Good. Anyway, I'll get to that in just a second. That's, yeah, go that's ahead. Good, I don't want to take man. away from you. I don't, I don't want to skip over no. what you're doing. So we probably no, should have uh-uh. planned this a little bit better. <laughs> no, it's, it's good that we're talking about it because it, it's something in, in the, in the very I present agree. and real. Maybe you should have just gone first. <laughs> <laughs> No. Go for it, man. Share, share what you got today. You know, another spin off the, the passage you read, though, and I've thought about this. We just went through a pastoral search for a new pastor for our church. And that is a very vivid picture yeah. of exactly what churches go through many times. And many choose God's path and the person that God would choose for them. But many get their eyes full. You know how when you, when you go to the grocery store and you're hungry, you put all the things in the basket, you know, you're, yeah. You, you, Studies you tell us that you buy more if you go hungry. Yeah. And if, and, and I mean, I'm not trying to make a correlation to that and, and God's word, you know, but the, the vivid picture is real. Um, many times we choose what we think mm-hmm. is the best no and the brightest. And I mean, look at Saul. He was tall. He was handsome. He, mm-hmm. he spoke well. And he was the guy that looked like he would fit everybody and he had a everybody's tan. needs and he had a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. He lived in South Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do not have a suntan. I'm white as can be. Yeah. Well, I'm just red like always, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I, and I'm, I'm stepping outside of the word this morning just a bit because something kind of spoke to me this week and, and really it come from a place where it, it challenged my heart. I sent you a picture of it mm. uh, last night. Um, and I read this to our Bible study. I must have been asleep. I didn't see it. Yeah, I think you were. <laughs> no, you were in practice is where you were. Huh. And it, it's a prayer from the uh, Valley of Vision, Puritan prayer, mm-hmm. and it speaks on passion. Okay. And to set this up, it, it's speaking of a passion that's misplaced. There's nothing wrong with passion about something. And if it's one thing I see among folks today, we are super passionate about the things, whatever the thing is in our life. All the things. All the things. Everybody's passionate, and and that passion can come out as anger. That passion can come out as most of the time it comes out, unfortunately, misplaced. And thinking of it in a Christian context is is the way that I want to approach this this morning. It's page, page 162, if you're following along. One, in your, one, in your 162. Yeah, <laughs> got it right here. Um, this is a prayer that the Puritans would pray for about their misplaced passion. It says, Holy Lord, how little repentance there is in the world and how many sins I have to repent of. I am troubled for my sin of passion, for the shame and the horror of it is evil. I purpose to give it, get, I purpose to give way to it no more and to come to thee for strength to the end. Most men give vent to their anger frequently and are overcome by it, bringing many excuses and extenuations for it, as that it occurs suddenly, 
and they delight not in it, and they are sorry afterwards, that godly men commit it. They thus seek peace after outbursts of passion by entire forgetfulness of it or by skinning mm. over the wound. Mm. They hope for healing without peace in Christ's blood. And, and this is the portion that, that really hit me in the knees, I think. Lord God, I know that my sudden anger arises when things cross me, and I desire to please only myself, not Christ. There is in all wrongs and crosses a double cross, that which crosses me and that which crosses thee. In all good things there is somewhat that pleases me, somewhat that pleases thee. My sin is that my heart is pleased or troubled as things please or trouble me without having a regard for Christ. Thus I am like Eli, the subject of punishment for not rebuking sin, whereas I should humble, humbly confess my sin and fly to the blood of Christ for pardon and peace. Give me then, and repentance, true brokenness, lasting contrition for these things that will not despise in spite of my sin. Mm-hmm. And as I read this last night to to my Bible study, it was still it was still kind of sitting in its place in my heart, and I, I thought of how many times I have lashed out in seemingly right. I'm right. You know, I know mm-hmm. because I know the things and I know the truth. And even as a pastor, I'm like, well, you know, I know God's word, but I see a lot of pastors doing this as well, seasoned, mature pastors. So we're all susceptible to it, but lashing out seemingly may possibly be right, quote unquote, in air bunnies. Um, I had to do that for the podcast in air bunnies, seemingly right. But I'm doing it with the wrong motivation. I'm not, I'm not saying the things to honor or to, to further Christ's message or to further the gospel. I'm doing it because I'm just pissed, right? Mm. I'm just mad. I'm just angry about it. That's, that's wrong. It's, it's never a good place in my heart when I extend my anger and that's not where God is at. You know, God may be angry about that same thing. And I've, I've always learned the rule theologically in, in, in Bible college and seminary, be mad at the things God's mad at, be involved in the things God's involved. You know, in other words, pattern yourself after God. But if I'm extending myself out there and, and I'm angry about something and it's not giving it and it's showing and showcasing myself and showcasing what I think is right, as opposed to reflecting upon this sin as an offense to God. I'm in the wrong position. I'm giving the wrong message. I'm placing that ownership on me as opposed to um, God owning that, which he does. Mm. And I'm out of place, you know. Just just really stepped on my toes there. So, Well, that's a good, I mean, ultimately, what does it come down to? Um, I already closed it. But ultimately, it comes down to not the good things, not mm. the bad things, but where's your focus, right? Yeah. That's what he said. Some things that are good. They seem in part good to me. They seem in part good to you. The things that are sin or the things that are against me, they seem in part against me. They seem in part against you. But it's because my my focus is not on Christ. Yeah, my sin is that my heart is pleased or troubled as things please or trouble me. Yep, but keep going. And and that's, that's, 
we're going to get it in social media today. Yep. There you go. But keep going. Without having regard for Christ. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is such a good word because it, it's easy for us to focus on the things that are wrong, mm. right? It's easy for us to focus on the things that are... Um, but who are they wrong to, ultimately? They're not wronging me. They're wronging God. You know, even if right. even if someone persecutes me for being a Christian or whatever, they're not wronging me; they're wronging God. Right. That that's hard for me to grasp at times. Yeah, but you know? but again, that's like I'm saying though, that's a misplaced focus is mm-hmm. ultimately what that is, right? Because we're not our heart's not where it should be, trusting that even if I'm wronged, it's not up to me to avenge that anyway, right? Yeah. God is the avenger, right? He will make mm-hmm. all the wrong things right. So we don't need Iron Man. We don't need the Hulk. Oh, we on. don't need Captain America. As good as those <laughs> movies are, God ultimately, right here. Yeah, God ultimately is the avenger of all those yeah. wrong things and ultimately will set all of them right. Christians, assemble. Boom. Okay. We, of you seen thank you for joining us today. <laughs> <laughs> We're out. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I do want to put this out there real quickly as a, I'm noticing that the electricians are here. We've had uh, we've had an electrical issue, so if I suddenly go dark, folks, we'll we'll pick up with this later. But <laughs> just I'll, I'll finish it off. Yeah, go ahead. You can finish. I it was off. I was worried about our, our network going out last week. We'd have some issues at the house, and well, so. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Had just a whole bunch of outlets are suddenly bad around here. Maybe a squirrel got it. Who knows, man? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> but. But uh, if I go dark, that's what happened, and uh, we'll, we'll catch you guys. We'll finish it up later. But uh, anyway, so as we talk about that, as we talk about that focus and those kinds of things, um, you know, one of the things that we did want to get in today, into today is social media. Mm. Social media has a lot of positives. Uh, it can be used for a lot of good. Um, however, social media also comes with a whole host of negatives a whole host of downsides, things that ultimately will cause us issues if we don't keep things in check, right? Yeah. So these things, if we if we don't hang on to them and we, we don't keep kind of a – you almost need somebody to filter all of your social media posts, right? You need somebody following, around, <laughs> following you around to social yeah. – your, your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, whatever you're using these days, right? But part of what drives this, for me especially, uh, I, I just, I'm just going to lay all this out there. My Facebook account is effectively closed. Mm. I still have an account because we have Complaint Desk is on there. We're on there on this podcast, and, and I help manage that. But literally, everything is wiped out of my account. My account is locked down, so I don't know if you can even find me anymore. Look. Try telling now, you. Everybody's try telling, gonna be looking for you. <laughs> try telling try telling your wife that you unfriended her on Facebook. I know. <laughs> I I hadn't told my mom yet. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> she might be listening my to this. Son Sorry. Hates Sorry, me. mom. Sorry, mom. <laughs> but you know, the thing with Facebook is if you keep one person, everybody else can find you as a friend of a yeah, friend, just as about. the algorithm so, goes. Yeah. yeah. So you really have no choice if you if you're going to keep one, you might as well keep it all. Mm-hmm. But but ultimately what that comes down to for me is my state of mind. Look, I just, I can't keep 
the political happenings in front of me all the time. I can't keep mm-hmm. all this COVID stuff in front of me all the time because it, it just it wreaks havoc on my mental state, right? It no. does everybody. Let's let's be honest. It it really does everybody, whether you believe it does or not. Well, and that's a big statement. You know, the question is the question is, can you deal with that? Or do mm-hmm. you want to deal with that? And I think that's where I came down was, you know what? As much as I like seeing everybody, much as I like seeing everybody's kids, seeing people's vacation photos making me jealous that I'm sitting oh, yeah. sitting here in the middle of town and not on the beach. <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> but as much as I enjoy seeing those things, the 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 trade off for me is not a positive one. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't have more net gain than I have um, I have a net loss essentially. Um Emotional, mental loss. I, I, don't, I don't know. That sounds touchy feely of me, and I'm not that guy. But it's just, right. I, I don't know how else to explain it. It just negatively affects my state of mind. And really, what I want to do is, I want to see pictures of your kids. I want to know that you're doing good, mm. and I want to watch cat videos. <laughs> cat videos. <laughs> I can give you two cats, man. I and, promise. I and, and dog videos, cats and dogs. <laughs> Uh, that, that's what I want to watch because I can't have any of those in the house because half my house is allergic to them. Mm. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's what I want to see. But for me, the ultimate trade-off is is just not worth it. Yeah. So one of the things that we want to talk about today is let's evaluate social social media. Let's talk about that a little bit because, yes, there certainly are valid reasons for having it. There are valid reasons for dumping it. Um, like for me, I cleaned out Twitter a year ago. Yeah. No more, no more Twitter for me. Um, I, I still have my account, but it's empty, and I use it to help manage what little bit we do with this on Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Facebook now is the same thing. I have a couple of groups I'm a part of that that are helpful for me, like uh, pro presenter groups, right? <laughs> those things, those well, things will save your bacon, things. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But but as far as everything else, I'm done with it. I don't, I don't need yeah. it. I am on Instagram if you want to follow me on Instagram, but if you start posting a bunch of political stuff in your stories, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have long since unfollowed because there's a feature on Facebook yeah. at least um, that you can unfollow. So what I've tried to do is for Facebook, I, in general, if you're a person who posts a lot of political stuff, I'm probably going to unfollow that mm-hmm. just because I'm the same way you are. I just mm-hmm. can't have that negative. I want to see happy pictures I mean, it doesn't really have to be happy pictures, but I just want to see content, not bandstanding in someone's opinion on everything. So, and I try to take that uh, of myself, try not to give my opinion on, on everything and and blast it out to the world. Yeah. I don't do politics. Right. And on Twitter, um, they have a wonderful feature that's called keyword blocking. So I added a list. You can't see all that, but it's bigger than that. a list of keywords to block. And it's, it's, it is a lot of political stuff, but it's a lot of, of other things too, um, that, that, that you can block. And, and Twitter's been a good space, but I tend to not go there much anymore. See, I was on Twitter since about day three, I think it yeah. took, it took me a couple of days to get an invite to it when it first started. Yeah. But, but ultimately for me, I had done that so much. I had blocked so much. I had unfollowed so much. It's not worth <laughs> It's just not yeah. worth keeping keeping things right. open, right? It just is. Well, one of the things that's been acidic to me lately has been 
the ones that I have let in, like the Christian space or the, um, for us, Southern Baptist folks and other entities that, that we help and, and are part of, even that's getting acidic. And well, even that's getting kind of crazy. So I've had to just back away from social media. Well, and that's the thing whole. in general, right, is, and I think this is kind of getting to the heart of what we really want to hammer on today a little bit is, what are you using it for? Yeah. Right. Are you, are you, are you posting scripture? Are you watching cat videos? Are you, <laughs> are you posting political things all the time? Pro Trump, anti Biden, pro Biden, anti Trump. I don't care which way you go. Yeah. I get tired I of every bit of it. I don't <laughs> see any of it. And, and I think this goes to what happens for me is, that takes brain space that I need to be dedicating somewhere else. Mm. That that causes me to lose focus on the things that I should be focusing on. And misplaced so passion, misplaced passion. Exactly. And so, do we want to be like the world? And, and mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I'm gonna stretch this a little bit. Do we want to be like the world and be on social media and do all these things, even though that we know is going to come with it these pitfalls? Yeah. Yes. Give us that. <laughs> you know. So it's it's up to everybody to evaluate that. But but what we do want to challenge you on today is, what are you posting? What are you putting yeah. out there? Right. I mean, I look at some folks what they're posting, the things that they're that they're putting out there, and I'm just like, I think you need to think a little bit more about what you're putting out there. I, well, because that's the thing, right? They, no, I don't. I, we have a we have something in our fingertips now, where of. 40 years ago, we did not have this. Thank the just, Lord. Yeah. But there were problems with whatever it was back 40 years ago. Sure. But now we have something in our hands. We can sit in the privacy of your home, our own home and 140 characters. And now that's expanded a little bit to 240 or whatever. But now I can just blast out whatever I think without anybody. Nobody's in my room to, to stop me or to, to yep. say different. And and how dare you, someone someone on social media, come back and offer a different opinion? Because it's 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 on. Then yep. I just wonder, like you, what are we trying to do? I think in our spaces, Christian spaces, I either see people trying to self promote themselves, mm-hmm. which is somewhat a positive thing. If you're a writer, an author, you're a blog writer, you know. But let's not forget to include blogs and other things like that in this social media kind of venture space too. Cause some of it's, some of it's, but in the Christian space, what, what are we trying to do with it? So so I see self uh, promotion to it. I see opinion, mostly opinion sites. Um, You got to ask yourself when you're making a post, why would I even listen to you on something political? Yeah. You're, you're, you're a pharmacist. (laughs) Yeah. You're a, you're a pastor. You're a, <laughs> what, what the world thinks we should be saying is Jesus. Yeah. And, and they get irritated at hearing us say Jesus, but now we're not even sometimes saying Jesus. We're saying this, this, and this, and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I'm trying not to say some of the things I've seen, but I think we all know what we're talking about. Well, I mean, I think we've all seen it. And, and yeah. you know, the thing that I find about social media in general, and this is kind of what, in some ways, this is what unfollowing does, mm. is you create an echo chamber of things that you 
want to hear or or are are okay hearing and seeing, right? Yeah. So whatever your political leaning, you get frustrated because somebody posts the opposite of that all the time. So what do you do? Unfollow. I'm done. And the problem is there's no discourse. There's and and people maybe don't know how to have discourse today. There's no proper way to debate ideals, topics without people going their own way we, to we their have, own space. Yeah, we have no idea how to have conversation anymore. Right. Because what it's become now, and when you talk to somebody anymore, and I don't care what age you are, I see it from mm-hmm. 80-year-olds. I see it from 40-year-olds. I see it from 20-year-olds. I see, look, man, I see it from my 11-year-old. Yeah, I know, I know. It's talking at, mm-hmm. right? It's not having a dialogue it's talking at and so to me ultimately what it came down to for me is it's just not worth the the distraction because I end up frustrated I end up in some ways is um, kind of what you were talking about I end up mad mm-hmm. uh, as you read that Valley Vision prayer I end up mad and then I end up grumpy with the world because I can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. So I've I, seen, I've seen Christians like this it, dealing with something recently in the last few months, very similar where a person is just, and I don't want to get too many details, but just angry at everything yeah. all the time. And yeah. it's when you start digging into it and you start getting close to that person, you realize you know, they got Fox News or CNN or whatever the case may be. They got that on 24-7. Mm-hmm. They're going to all the social media sites. They're just ingesting this stuff. Now, a good pastor, a good spiritual person would say, read your Bible more and take that stuff out. But it's such, it's a way that we think we're, tr- we, we assume that we're being able to control. It gives us what we think mm-hmm. is a little bit of control because I can now get on social media and blast my opinion. And I don't care who hears it because we're in this age of <laughs> even in the church and I'm, I'm harder on the church folks. We're in an age now where you need to tell it like it is. And I'm so sick of hearing that. What tell it like the Bible says it is. Okay. That's the thing. But tell it, tell it equally. Don't pick one part of it out. Do you understand what I'm saying? Tell the whole story. The Bible. Yeah. Tell the whole don't, story. Don't cherry pick. Yeah. Right. Don't, don't pick the, the, you know, the one part that says sinners are going to hell, blah, 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 and just harp on that. Tell them about the love of Jesus mm-hmm. that gets them free from that. You know, tell them about the whole story. Yeah. Um, but we're in an age now where, where even even Christians, pastors, and, and I see seasoned, mature ones that just don't know how to handle it. it you know, over the last, well, since COVID started, COVID has exasperated all of this right it has amplified our voices because some it of us, us have had because <laughs> some of us have had more time a little easier mm-hmm. access to it um as we have maybe been quarantined or whatever you know some of us some of us can work from home some of us can't work from home i get that so but in general there have been more people sitting on facebook all day just kind of watching mm-hmm. what's going on and, and so it wasn't long into the covid situation where I realized kind of what was happening mentally for me. So in in my house, there is no news. Mm-hmm. 
there is no Fox News, CNN. I don't care. I don't watch any of it. Now, mm-hmm. if there's a, you know, if there's something there's major happening, happens, I might, like, yeah. I might tune into something to check it out. But, right. but I, I don't watch the Afghanistan. I don't stuff even, I don't even watch my local news. Mm-hmm. I, I don't watch any of it because between politics, this whole Afghanistan scenario, the whole COVID scenario, the election, all of this, it, it just, I, in some ways I just don't need to know. Yeah. I just don't need to know. And what I don't real, what I really don't need to know is the conspiracy theories behind it all. Well, let's, let's divide what we're talking about because here's, here's how I view news in, in the world today and how I process it. And, and I try, I, I'm not perfect at this, but there are, there are giving news, giving entities and organizations. I mean, not everybody yep. has opinions, but I will watch news giving information. So if it's an update on Afghanistan, when that went off, you know, I was tuning in to really pretty much whatever network that was covering that. Mm-hmm. Once it starts to switch to the opinion based where they get the whole panel and they start going back and forth and talking about, well, why this and who this and who's to blame. And it's, it's this, it's Democrats, it's Republicans. I'm, I'm out. I, I don't want to hear the opinion based stuff. I, I want to hear the factual evidence of what's going on. So well, I, I try to divide it that way. And go ahead. Here's what I struggle with though, as a broadcasting major, yeah. I have a degree yeah. in broadcasting. Yeah. Most it's broadcasting most broadcasting now is no longer just not it's not just the facts, ma'am. Right. Yeah. There's always spin. Mm-hmm. There's always spin. And if I could find somebody who would just literally tell me the facts, I would probably watch the news. But I can't right. find anybody that does that. Let, let me go in a different direction. But, but with Facebook, this. by the way, let me finish this off. Facebook go ahead, go ahead. is the same way. Yeah. And so what we do is we find a source that agrees with what we believe or what we're passionate about there on election, COVID, Afghan, I don't care, whatever it is. Right. We find somebody who agrees with our position on that, and then we create an echo chamber with that. And mm-hmm. we blast it to everybody, whether we take time to know if it's true, actually true or not. Right. Oh, we don't. Yeah. And I say we in general, but we, we don't check facts a lot of times. Well, I've had so many things shared with me and it, a quick Google search kind of defeats that. And you're just like, Hey, this is not even but, true. But does this it, was a meme. But does it? <laughs> I, I mean, true. some, some things yeah. it does, but some things is just, Oh no, this happened. So then it's kind of a, he said, she said, and you've got to just discern which one is best. You know well, what? I don't have time Samuel, for that. I don't yeah, time for look that. at, Look at Samuel picking who's going to be king of, of Israel here. The people were convinced that they needed a king, and they weren't going to hear anything else. Yep. They're going to hear exactly what they wanted to hear yep. in that. Yeah, you're right about that. I, I try to do my best with with that. When I start to see my, and I think you're, I think you're doing the right thing in the sense of once you see it affecting you physically, spiritually, mentally, socially, because it it can have social impact as yeah. well. You don't want to be around people. You yeah. don't want to talk to people because every, you feel like everybody's got, you know, their 140 characters they want to spill to you. Uh-oh. What? Yeah. People. I know. People. <laughs> <laughs> if it weren't for people, the church would be great. That cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, was it 
was it David Platt the other day that said you could find the perfect church and then when you walk in, it's no longer perfect. <laughs> it's no longer perfect. <laughs> that's what amazes me. And I've been a pastor for I mean, 20 years and, and, and that's what amazes me about church hopping. You know, oh, yeah. well, I'm, I'm not being fed at this church and I'm not this and I'm not that and go to another church. I promise you, I've been to enough churches to know <laughs> they're basically all the same. You hide your problems well for a little bit, but eventually yeah. you, the more involved you get, the better, the more they come out. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And, and somebody will hate this church and go to another church. So they'll start, you know, and then all of a sudden that pastor is the greatest pastor in the world until they offend you. And yeah. then they're not the greatest pastor in the world anymore till they say something is different. But I think with the social media stuff, a couple points to be careful of when you start feeling yourself get anxious and you and I've talked about this and you start feeling yourself getting stressed and it's adding more stress to your life. You feel the, the need to have to respond to everything or, um, and it begins to give you low self-esteem and you, and you the, these kinds of things, you're in a danger area there. You yeah. need to put it down and put it away. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with walking away from it. No matter what realm of work you're in, even if you're a social media, we have these jobs now that are social media managers mm -hmm. where they manage a entity's organization's public view. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when did this become a job? You know, now, now we have to do that. And it's a good job and, and good people do it. It's just, wow. You know? Yeah, I have friends that do that job. I, yeah. I wouldn't want it. I don't think it's as, it, it seems fun because it's, it's the uh, media and you're doing all the things and you're just like, yeah, this is kind of what I've always wanted to do. And it's kind of, it's not the nine to five sit behind the desk while you think, cause you are sitting yeah. behind Photoshop and yeah, Purposeinter yep. and all the other things, but it, it has more of a detrimental effect on you. And I think most honest people who have been in that business for a while will tell you it has, it yeah. has a big impact on your life. Yeah, yeah, especially no if you're a Christian and Penny just said, it's not fun. <laughs> Penny, give us more than that. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's just, let us encourage you today. If you're on there yeah. and fine, I don't, I don't, that's your decision. You, you choose what you want to do on that. Every person's got to choose that. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't care. You, you do, you do you boo. <laughs> yeah, you do you boo. <laughs> Uh, please, by all means, do it. I mean, do I miss seeing some of my family on there. But on the flip mm -hmm. side, what it does do is it forces me to be in more regular contact with him, right? Because we can't yeah. just fire off. Oh, Penny's talking about the – she's talking about the social media managing, managing. It's not fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Penny does that, and it's it's it, it can – it gets to you. Yeah. I, in the, let's talk about the church space, though, right. because uh, there's obviously all that negativity, and you would think, hey, in the church space, for like Penny, she does this uh, for for the church, and what are we talking about here? Because we 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 should be able to communicate in these spaces as pastors, as uh, lay leaders, and things like that, mm -hmm. and it, and it should be a good thing because it helps us to connect. And I've connected to a lot of people and pastors around yeah. that I wouldn't ordinarily be able to connect to, yeah. but I've connected with social media and mm -hmm. it's been a good thing. Yep. Um, what do you see there? I mean, how do you, how do you do that now that you've given up all social media? <laughs> well, you still got people you connect with. I, I don't worry about them. 
And he has closed away to the world. No, but no, I, I really haven't. But but what I what I try to do more than anything else is to engage with the people that I am around. Yeah. Right. I mean, I make a I make a concerted effort to be with the people that I'm here to minister to. Number one, my family, and number two, the people here at this church that I'm called to minister to. Right. And so, you know, friends, you other friends that that we mm-hmm. connect with, you know. Obviously, the last two weeks for me have been pretty insane. I hadn't talked to much of anybody if it's not an insurance person. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Or a car person. Yeah, or a car person. But, you know, it, it just, what it does is it forces us to to make more personal contact. Yeah. It forces us not to just fire off a, a two-line, oh, that's so sweet, thank you, kind of response, right? Have a conversation. That's that's what it forces me to do. So will I? Yeah. Do do I as easily connect with maybe some other local folks that I don't normally come across? No. I mean, I've met some good friends uh, on Twitter. Oh, some I've actually never even met, but no, I no, feel like I could too. call and ask, you know, ask questions of you know. But so that that aspect is gone. And will I suffer for it? Maybe. Maybe it forces me to focus on the things that I should be focused on that God has put me right here in this place to do. Yeah. And that's kind of how I take me, it. It strikes me that we're talking about two different things here because you and I right now at this point in our lives, I think we would use social media to connect with an individual. Yeah. Not as much. And there's a difference between that. You've got friends that, that you talk to via Twitter or whatever the case may be, or used to, and, and I do too. And it's been a good kind of, it can be a good building of a relationship yeah, friendship from a distance. Yeah. yeah. But here's the difference. If, if I approach social media with the idea that I'm going to put my opinion out to the world mm-hmm. and I'm going to say and set everybody straight, I think I'm in the wrong position. I all think of so sudden. Too. Yeah. I'm in the wrong position. I all of a sudden. That. Because I'm not trying to utilize the benefits. Um, I'm in that position of the value of prayer that I read just a little while ago. I'm likely angry about something. I'm likely frustrated. Mm-hmm. Or I likely want to let everyone know that I'm right and you're wrong. That's where pastors, Christians, lay leaders, that's where we get in trouble. Yeah. We try to attack that by just putting, look, nobody's reading your quote. The 10 people that read your quote, are not going to likely read your quote again the next time. Mm-hmm. It, it can it be a use in the, for the gospel? Yes, but what's what's your what what? How are you using it See, that I, way? I think from a church standpoint, honestly, what Facebook becomes for me, I, I don't, I can't figure Twitter Twitter out anymore. Um, it <laughs> oh, it used to be really helpful for certain things. Now I'm not sure what it's helpful for except blasting your message out. Mm-hmm. But Facebook, especially, um, most of your church is going to be on Facebook. It went for a while where some of your younger folks weren't, but I think that's kind of starting to turn around too. Most yeah. of them do have a Facebook account, whether they use it all the time or not. Yeah, they have one, but I don't see. It's mostly older people now. It's an older people platform. But what it's useful for, <laughs> an older people platform. It is. It's just, it's almost to a point in my area, my church, It's like a. it's almost a senior adult platform. 
That's yeah, funny. none of our kids are getting on Facebook. That's funny. They, they have one, but they're not getting on it. But it's a good way to reach those people with an event, with true a message, with something. It's an easy way to reach out and to, to connect with them and what to get I the message out quickly. Positive promotion is what I would say. Yeah. That would be under the category of that's helpful. It, it, but it, I think what happens, though, more than anything, though, is we, we become – like and review chasers. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because yeah. that's what we're after. We're we're after because that what that does then is that helps our message to be seen by more, so that when we put a dollar or two in advertising, more people will see that. Well, for the general user, though, do we do we think about it that way, or do we think about hey, there's five people that agree with me. <laughs> I'm just talking about from a church perspective. Yeah, yeah, from a church perspective. But in, in the in the general sense, hey, there's five people that agree with that. Mm, what does that do? Here's something I want to talk about, though. Um, and I'm su- we're super jumping around, I know. <laughs> but I've heard the terminology lately of, well, you need to stand up for what's right or what you think is right. And then the person would say, you need to stand up for what's right. Yep. And there are many, many, many cases throughout Scripture where Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they stood up for what was right. Didn't see yep. them disrespecting Nebuchadnezzar very much, but I saw them standing up for, for God and what was right. Mm-hmm. So there's a method. But what is what is standing up mean? What, what does this mean today? <laughs> Blast. Blast. <laughs> Here's my 140 characters. You all are going to hell, and I'm right, you're wrong, blah, 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 and blast people out. That's standing up. That's not standing up. Yeah. Yeah. So we know biblically what is what does standing up look like? Who are some biblical characters that stood up for what was right? The aforementioned Hebrew boys, right? Yeah. Um Joseph. I, I thought of uh, uh, yeah. we were talking about this last night. Yeah. Joseph was second in command of the most pagan nation on the face of the earth. How do you how do you apply that yeah. today? <laughs> He respected the authority, but at the same time, he was not backing down from serving God and doing what was right. Right. It got him in jail, got him in the in the pit. Well, he was kind of ugly to his brothers, and it got him in the pit, but he shouldn't have been mean to his brothers. <laughs> <laughs> but you see what I'm saying there? It, yeah. There seems to be a method that, that, that is God's way that's, that's totally different than the standing up we're calling it today. Yeah. You know? I find that fascinating to, to think about. Yeah, that is an interesting perspective. I mean, you think about standing up and, you know, that just putting putting everybody on blast or responding yeah, to a is, comment what or right. whatever. All it does is do what it forced you and I to do. People unfollow you. Yeah. And and I have noticed recently I've I've kind of taken notice of people that have a tendency to blast their opinion. I see less and less likes I see less and less attention. Sometimes they don't get any likes at all. Mm-hmm. But in this person's mind, they think I'm standing up for what's right. I, I don't think, I don't think we are when we do that. And I say we, me, myself. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we are. I think we're, it's it's a lip service, more than anything. Yeah. I mean, the only thing it costs you is likes and follows, right? And is that a cost? Is that really a cost? Are you standing? Are you really standing up for anything? It doesn't gain you anything, and it, and it. I think it, like you said, it does worse. It's a detriment more than it is a help. 
Well, so from a worship leader perspective, mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things from a from a pastoral leadership perspective, one of the things, well, shoot, man, from any leadership perspective. Common sense perspective. <laughs> okay, sure, we can go with that. You need to be aware of what you're putting out, mm-hmm. right? If you are... I'll just I'll throw this out there. This is nobody that I knew, but somebody that I followed. If you're posting videos of you being absolutely trashed at a party on Saturday night, and then you turn around and post scripture verse on Sunday morning, what does that say? Oh, it's it's it's. So I have worship standing up. <laughs> yeah, I have worship leader friends who yeah. maybe don't do that, but some of the things that they do post, and then turn around and follow it up with scripture. I'm like. Do you understand the irony of what you're doing here? Because you've posted the danger. Yeah, you've posted. Uh, let's just say a conspiracy theory that's out there right now. Mm-hmm. Talk about COVID. You've 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 posted a vaccine conspiracy theory about you know the first one injects your microchip, the second one activates your microchip. <laughs> and it's a bioweapon that the government's trying to. Yeah. Okay, if you post that. And by the way, you're not a doctor and a person with a medical okay, degree but, here. <laughs> but common sense says if you post that and then turn around and post scripture, hey, you know, put your faith, put your trust in God, do yeah. do this, do that for for the sake of the kingdom, for the good of the gospel. What are you saying? Mm-hmm. What are you saying? The back to the valley of vision. What are you saying about Christ? Yeah. Where is your security? Mm. And I'm not saying don't stand up against whatever injustice is there, but is it really an injustice? Is what you're talking about, is it really an injustice? Or is it is it just a belief that you hold and somebody else agreed with and you shared it? Just be aware. Be aware. Be consistent from don't don't put your lead, your church leadership bo- uh, social media in a box and don't put your um your social life media in a box and then put your family life media in a box. It's not, no, no, it doesn't work that way because this is what we teach with the Bible all the time. What is king in interpreting the Bible? Context. 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 It's the most important, yes. So everything that you put out there, you can compartmentalize it and say, don't judge me all you want to, right? Right. And you can put your... You got this box, this box, this box. But ultimately what happens is you're creating your context, right? Everything that you're doing right here is creating your context, and it's and it's giving people a view into who you are. Mm-hmm. And if you're and not consistent, people- if you're showing Scripture, and then you're showing, uh, who, who cares? Whatever else you're showing, is it consistent? Is it consistent with the gospel? Mm-hmm. If you're a Christian, is it consistent with the gospel and is it consistent with what else you're posting, right? It's all got to fit. Context matters. And -hmm. everything you post gives somebody context. Are you misrepresenting the gospel, therefore? I'm a Christian. Here's this scripture verse. And also, I'm a raging conspiracy theorist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm a whatever. I mean, we've been knocking on that all morning this morning. That's why we keep going with it. But I I don't care what it is. Right. Proper interpretation. You can't. And again, we all know. I'm convinced that that with social media, it is. I get the angle that you're talking about there. And overall, you're building a context of the kind of person you are. 
It is your brand, right? But it is literally impossible. This is why personal conversations and community, as far as God wants us and has built us for community, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is why it's impossible through social media in, in this sense because you can't build that. Um, you post something and there's no context to it. And you, and you feel you're not, you can kind of put it there and you're not responsible for it. What was it Mike Tyson uh, was, was famous for saying? I know I brought Mike Tyson into it. I have it. no idea. And he said, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the oh, face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that well, was him. And in social media, you, there's no retribution for anything that you say yeah. or do you're outside a of some, Yeah, you're a keyboard warrior. And that obviously builds an overall context of who you are. You never want to be a, you know, we want to affect things and people for Christ. And whatever you're doing to damage that, including social media, is is right. not right. It's yeah. wrong. It's sin, to be honest. Yeah. Well, and we're we're I'm harping, looking at you, Christian pastor. By the way, we're harping on <laughs> on social media today, but literally, this yeah, is yeah. your entire life. Yeah. Right. I said just a second ago, it's your brand, and I don't mean that from a, uh, like a I'm selling this product kind of thing, but I mean the whole thing is who you are. Mm. And what you put out there is what you want people to see, right? It's We're doing it for the gram, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, well, and that, we haven't talked about Instagram, but that's another type. Uh, that one, picture-based, is more... Um, and how it can be bad is is the image, right? We're, we're painting an image. You put an image out that you want people to see, whether it's reality right. or not. Right. Yeah. And a lot of most of the time, it's not. And, so and that can be. So on Instagram, I follow a lot of fitness people. Okay, particularly yeah. weightlifting people. Mm -hmm. Um, and the image that some of them put out there, I'm just like, what? You see a video of them doing this, and then the image that they put out, and you're just like, this is not even mm -hmm. the same person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like what are you doing but just just please 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 be aware be aware of what you're putting out be aware yeah. of the things that you're doing because it ultimately does have an impact if you call yourself christian if you're a pastor if you're a leader if you're even a volunteer at your church if your neighbor knows that you follow jesus you got to put you got to put that out there, right? You've mm -hmm. got to ease up on everything else because you are building part of the gospel brand, if you will. Yeah. You are affecting how people view the Christian religion, relationship, culture, all mm -hmm. of that. And, and look, I will say poor job. We've done such a poor job with that. I will say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. I'm going to light the fire, and then I'm going to run away. Yeah. This, this is one of my concerns with contemporary music. It, it just is because we chase after the best new song. Mm -hmm. As we worship, we have an image that we want to put forward. We want to all be young. We want to be pretty. We want to be dressed. I was going to say nicely, but some of this hip stuff is not not, not nice. I sound yeah. so old right now. I know. But, <laughs> but what I'm getting at, though, is it's the same thing. We, we have an image that we aspire to, mm -hmm. an image that we want to put out there. And that that is probably I, – I, please hear me. I'm not against contemporary music. I love contemporary music. I love hymns. I love it all. Well, but, I can but argue it that is it's a, the other way. It is a – it's both ways. 
Yeah, I could argue that it's the other way as well. But I'm we just want saying an image of old and traditional. I'm and, just saying this is a danger you know, of inherent yeah. danger of contemporary music because yeah. to stay on that modern edge of that, you're constantly chasing. Yeah. But then you it, have it on the hymn side. Idol. On the hymn side, the idol becomes keeping that right. Mm-hmm. We we want to keep that back there. We we want things to look like they looked, to sound like they sounded, to function like they functioned. And we don't want to cross a certain barrier, right? In every church, traditional, contemporary, you have a barrier that you're willing to cross, right? right. So traditional, you you can't go but so far forward. Contemporary, you can't go but so far back. Right? I mean, we we just set those, and we have kind of mental limits, if you will, on those yeah, as we as them, we plan. So there is both a danger. Of them miss the yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. There is a danger, but <laughs> we're in it, and I'm ready to yeah, talk. <laughs> there is a danger, but I guess what I'm getting at with contemporary is we're chasing something in yeah, a way. We are. We don't have the idol of tradition. We have the idol or the desire. It's still idolatry, but we're chasing what's new. Mm-hmm. So that's a hard balance to walk as we think about what we're talking about in regards to the gospel, right? Because each of those carries an image, right? And never the twain shall meet, right? (laughs) So that's all I'm getting at with all of this social media stuff is relating it to that is we have an image. We have a, for a Christian, we have a message. We have a message that we're trying to maintain sustain, propagate, we want to get out to the world, right? The mandate Mm -hmm. is clear. Go and tell. Make disciples. That is our very clear mandate. Now, I don't care how you do that. I don't care if you do Mm -hmm. it traditional with, with hymns and an organ or if you do it with a band and modern songs. As long as your message is consistent, right, the songs that you sing, as long as they're consistent and you're not chasing, mm-hmm. you've not made an idol out of what things were or what things are becoming. Yeah. Penny said, or chasing what's fresh. Yeah. And I think that's a, I think that's a good way to put it. We, we can tend to be, and you're right with this, with the contemporary Christian, we can tend to be, we're chasing that, that new thing, that fresh thing. Um, we have a sense and I would argue, like you said, if for the traditional crowd out there, you know, the one of the kickbacks that I hear all the time is, well, it's it's always got to be a new song. You can't ever stay in something that's good and solid. And I would agree with yeah, that. Yeah. I, I would say that that's the same way the other way around too. It's it's become an idol yeah. in a sense. We're we're not the per. What are we doing for mu- what Why are we doing music anyway? What is the music supposed to be for? Yeah. Worship to God. Worship. Upward. Yep. So anytime, like back to our Valley of Vision this morning, passion, anytime I have an inappropriate uh, setting or passion or wrong view motivation for my passion, it's sin. Mm-hmm. If my passion for Christian music, contemporary music, or my passion for traditional music is to exalt Christ and for me to get out of the way, then that's the right motivation. Yeah. It's not, it's not an idol at that point. The idol is Christ, which is the appropriate way to view it. Or, yeah. or you know, as we always tend to see it, it's 
we, we want to keep what we had or we want to chase what's next. Mm-hmm. And why do Chasing we do it? the next best thing. Why do we do it? For those that want to keep it like we were because that's how we like it. Yeah. For those that are chasing what's next, that's how we like it. Mm. <laughs> it's not it's not we're chasing what's next because there's there's good stuff out there that's glorifying God that that helps it helps yeah. a new generation connect and it's not we want to keep this because this is the only bearer of truth. It's all an image, right? Right. Every bit we've turned every bit of it into an image, and I did not mean to get on the soapbox. I swear I didn't. No, it's good. I, I said I, I was going to light the fire and run, and I've not run. I've run to it. <laughs> I, I've heard just the other side. Let me play. I don't want to say let me play devil's advocate because that's a that's the uh, wrong way yeah. to say it. But let me let me jump in on the other side of it for the for the folks with the with you know the traditional. I think. I see a tendency to want to turn hymns into the level of scripture, sure. which a lot of them do teach scripture sure. and sing scripture, and but a there's lot a lot don't. of new stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot that don't, um, just because it's a hymn book, that doesn't mean that all those songs in there are theologically accurate. Okay. There's some that are terrible, terrible theology. God of earth and outer space, man. That's my favorite. Oh my Lord. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we could name names, but <laughs> I'm not lighting that fire and running. <laughs> But it it just it, it drives me crazy sometimes because we'll we talk about the traditional songs and hymns as if they are God's word. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm different in this, but I place God's word way above anything we sing. Now, yeah. for instance, Living Hope, you know, Phil Wickham's Living Hope. Yeah. Man, I cry when I read the lyrics of that song. It is it is such it is saturated with a gospel centered view yeah. in that yeah so i find it hard to for people to say well contemporary music has no value because it's not like the old hymns I, that's baloney to me i think there is good and bad in both and i think we can effectively if our motivation is christ and exalting him and exalting his gospel we can use both for that purpose it doesn't matter what preference of genre it is i'm, I'm sick of the genre you know, conversation wars, whatever you want to call it. Well, let's just be realistic about all of that, whether it's traditional or contemporary. It really doesn't matter. That's a double-edged sword. Mm. It cuts literally both ways. I mean, your hymns, you have some that are theologically sound. They're amazing hymns. You can sing them every (laughs) week and be fine. You (laughs) You, do a penny (laughs) rush. You can have have those contemporary hymns that are – some of them, they're worth singing once. I mean, contemporary hymns, contemporary songs, they're worth singing once and then throwing away. Some mm-hmm. will hang around. Some are not worth singing at all. It's a double-edged mm-hmm. sword. If you're going to thrust that sword into the belly of contemporary music, watch out. I mean, because right. there are hymns in the hymn book that I, I feel pretty confident shouldn't be there. Our heresy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody recently told me, you know, I, hey, I, I, I don't, the reason why I don't like contemporary music is because the contemporary artists and bands are really showy. And, and <laughs> they're, they're a lover. I personally know they're a lover of Southern gospel music. Have and I said, have you been to a Southern gospel concert? Have you seen Bill Gaither? <laughs> it is all show. Now there's godly loving people and well-written songs within Southern gospel. I don't have a problem with Bill Gaither either, but it's the same. It's the same. It's literally you're trying to, yeah. (laughs) 
just be fair. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the bottom line. If you if you put an honest evaluation on something, you know, treat treat one with the same evaluative criteria that you put on the other. <laughs> you know, that's that that's all I for, ask. That, and that would be helpful for our social media approach as well. Boom. Um, using our opinions and and wanting to get our opinions out there. Um, Can I just tell you? So let's boil all this down right uh-oh. here and right now. Here is the bottom line about social media. Ready? Yes. Nobody cares. No one cares. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> uh, it, I mean, well, just, just the bottom yeah. line. You have a handful of people who, who care as long as you agree. Yeah, as long as you agree with them. <laughs> Well, here's one danger we did not talk about, and and I, I see this more and more, and I, I see this as a dangerous. As, uh, I heard Kerry Newell speak about this. He's a kind of a leadership, <clears throat> pardon me, a leadership guru, and he talked about how social media is affecting our preaching, oh, yeah. pastors preaching in the pulpit, yep. because we've now turned the pulpit into one-liners, because one-liner, mm-hmm. you can do social media and do one-liners really well. Yeah big one-off quote, boom, there it is, drop the mic and walk away. That's the feel we want to have. And when pastors get in the pulpit, so here's what COVID did. COVID removed the crowd. Right. And pastors had to get in the pulpit and rely on context of Scripture and content of the message and and the Scripture. And a lot of them started failing. They didn't like it. Yeah. I don't have a crowd to draw to. I don't get the amens. I don't hear the the voice and the and so we've social media has affected us in that sense that um, it, it's turned our messages into to one liners. You know, we we give yeah. the one off comments and we get the cheers, woohoo, amen, hallelujah. And this is why I, virtual church as a whole just doesn't work. Because mm-hmm. as Christians, we are designed for relationship. Yeah, it's, it's missing the community element. And that relationship yeah. doesn't happen when you're apart, right? Right. I mean, it can happen to a certain extent, but it's never going to happen like it should when you're sitting mm-hmm. side by side with somebody. You know, Because yeah. as Baptists, we never change seats. So that person that you've been sitting beside for 30 years, you know, you've developed a relationship with that person. Yeah. Right? And, and so that community is ultimately missing in the virtual aspect yeah i get that you you have to do it especially right now with quarantines and everything else okay i don't, I don't have a problem putting it out there i have a problem when that becomes your primary focus right so yeah i primary focus no and but I, I think there is there is an extreme value in it for this purpose you and i are old and we have a generation plural generations that is coming up more online, more connected. Uh, there's there's lots of avenues that, that they're growing up in, live streaming, and like we're doing here. We would have never thought of this 40 years ago, you know, but now we're able to do live streaming. Especially it, does not, it does not. It does not. Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> not, but I was not much older than that. But they're coming up in a, in a, and learning how to work in that space of online and connectedness and stuff like that. I'm not saying it's all perfect. It absolutely does not replace community, 
but I find an older generation has a hard time coming to grips with that it's that it's valid. It's a valid way to communicate. It's a valid way to present yourself as a church as well, but it doesn't replace the community aspect. Well, ultimately, your virtual presence, and I would say this with your social media as well, should be what what draws people into the community, right? Right. I mean, yeah. that's the ultimate goal with all of it is. It should want, be a supplement, not a primary. You want to get people into your community. It's in some ways, it's a form of outreach. Look, like I said, I right, now, right now, right now, we don't, we don't have. I mean, we don't have a choice, right? Right. I mean, with quarantines and things like that for church, in order for church to continue, we all had to do it. But just like with social, with the the him and contemporary and even the social media argument, that's a double-edged sword because we have mm-hmm. people now that are, that's what I want, boop, not coming back. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to have church on my couch, and I'm good with that. Well, and that, you know it doesn't work. That is not how we were created to be. Right. We were created to be in community with one another, and that doesn't right. happen virtually. To serve, to be in community. I, so I find it, you're right, it's a double-edged sword. I find it something that's valuable to use, I guess, like social media. Yeah. It's valuable to use if used in the right way. We, I, I have the more of the mindset that it is, a, um, it is a platform we can use to help, yeah, promote and all those good things. But you can, you know, I'm not chasing all the, the best churches in yeah. the area with the best live streams. It is a way to, to, to connect people, though. I find... I have a Bible study on Thursday nights via Zoom. Sure. And people have asked me, hey, why are you still doing Zoom? Our people actually like it. Even put the COVID argument aside. Yeah. For that type of connection, we have a pretty good time with each other online. We meet on Sundays, and we serve each other, and we serve together in community. It can be a supplement, and it's a good supplement. Well, the thing I find about the Bible studies, too, is – in a lot of ways, it's for some of your homebound folks to be a yeah. little more technologically, um, to, to have a little more of that prowess to be able to nav- at least navigate mm-hmm. Zoom and things like that. Oh, I've got an 86-year-old um, um, lovely lady right. who gets on Zoom with so, us, and she loves it. <laughs> so for those homebound folks, those that can't mm-hmm. get out, or maybe you have an extenuating health circumstance, and right now it's just mm-hmm. not wise for you to be out, it's an awesome Awesome thing for them. Context but, is important. But ultimately, that's not the goal, right? Yeah. Ultimately, the goal well, is for them to come together. Context is important, too, because, sure. for instance, our church, on a Wednesday night where we would have these, maybe these Bible studies, um, downtown Bradenton is not very pleasant to drive. <laughs> <laughs> and for a lot of our seniors, for a lot of our people, they don't want to come back downtown. It takes yeah. way, way too long to get in and way, way too long to get out. Um, you know, meeting with a small group online in that context sure. is, is super great I, and easier to do. Super great. What I have noticed, though, <laughs> the people that connect in those small groups like that tend to, if done the right way, tend to be your ones that are, your twenty percent that yeah. are always involved that are there anyway. Yeah, that kind of thing. Super. What was that? <laughs> Some truck going down. We got all I was kinds like, of things wow, going. <laughs> that 
That was cool. I got people mowing yards. You got people vacuuming. Yeah, you got- yeah. You hear vacuuming right now. Uh, anyway, so let's kind of wrap all this up because we're getting probably we beat this horse firmly into the ground. Let's beat it some more. <laughs> Social media. Be careful. Bottom line: be careful, be consistent, and no one cares. Right. <laughs> and here's a rule of thumb. Here's a rule of thumb. If you're gonna if you're gonna state your opinion about something, don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's not standing up for what's right. You can stand up for what's right biblically and scripturally without making everyone mad at you on social yeah. media. <laughs> yeah. All right. Turn the page. All right. What are you doing Sunday? Uh go ahead. You oh, you want me to, you don't have yours yeah, pulled so up. So I can get mine looked up. <laughs> no, I got my app right here. All right, and uh, Planning Center has an app, and it's great. It's yeah. Wonderful. So in our uh, contemporary service, we're God so loved. We roll right into evidence. Uh, death was arrested, and we'll we'll close out that set with what mercy did for me. At the end of the service, we'll come back. Uh, great are you, Lord, and faithful now. Um, so how are you doing that transition with evidence? Cause it starts right on one. It's same key. No problem. So you're just rolling right in downbeat and go. Yeah. I mean, it, all it count, my history, it counts off. Yeah. And then it hit. It's, so you're leaving the count off in there. Oh yeah. But, it, but I just started early. Okay. Um, I started early so that, you know, once we hit that downbeat, we just go, um, we, there's a, there's a little pad underneath there on like yeah. beat three of the count off measure. Mm-hmm. Um, so even, even if I started with that, that would be my, my key cue, right? It would give me where I need to be. But anyway, that, so we just go straight in. Um, it's about a two second, three second count off ultimately when it comes down to it. Uh, one, two, one, two. Three, four. That's no, exactly it's one, it two, I changed it. verse two, three. Yeah, <laughs> I changed it, though. I put yeah. my own cues in it. I shortened I can't. I don't like that two, Some, three seconds. Sometimes I shorten it. It just depends on what I'm doing. Most of the time mm-hmm. I just start a little bit early because that way it keeps my count off consistent. We can talk about mm-hmm. that another day. But um, in my traditional service, we're doing Lily of the Valley. What a friend. And no, not one. We'll close out the service with near to the heart of God. We're talking about um, um, there's a um, John John fifteen fourteen mm. seventeen um, what God wants from us kind of idea he there's a friend that sticks closer than brother that that's kind of where we're going Lily in the Valley I haven't heard that in years is that Twilight Paris no. Lily of the Valley, not Lily, Lily in the Valley. Of the Valley? That's oh, an old. Okay. That's an old song, man. That's yes, uh, it is. <laughs> uh, Charles Fry and get this Ooh. name, William Shakespeare Hayes. There you go. Little he did that for self promotion, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> well, maybe it made it easy for his mama. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what you got, man? So August 29th, Gosh, I uh, can't believe it. La, uh, Lion and Lamb, starting with Lion and Lamb. There you go. Man of Sorrows. Um, oh, I hadn't done that one here. I think Hillsong. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I Will, Vertical Worship. 
we're actually putting that one in. It's kind of a new one. I, I mean, you and I know it, but our church hasn't done it, so we've been practicing that one. Yeah. And uh, at the cross, love ran red, of course, That's and good. closing our service with the reprise to "Yes, I will." We we probably just do the whole song over again. Yeah. Just because we're teaching it, but. Yeah, it's good stuff. I love uh, At the Cross. At the Cross, yeah. I love that one. It's so good. And I mean, well, we sang that with Baptist State Convention, North Carolina Baptist State Convention with did, Kenny. Did we? Yeah. I don't even remember, man. I've played so many I songs the all over part, the place. <laughs> I think Kenny had it in, in F or something. It was super low, but the tenor part was really cool, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good stuff, man. I hope, uh, hope you guys have a good weekend. Yeah. I hope that uh, all goes well as you lead and – um, all that good stuff, man. And all the things, can I just tell you, you know, as you said, August 29th, last night was our Christmas musical kickoff. Oh, <laughs> I love it, man. I mean, this I, break sponsored by Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I've been listening to Chris. I've got practically got the whole thing memorized at this point. So I introduced it to the choir and the band and orchestra and all those folks last night. At least as many as would come out, I, I tried to bribe them with barbecue. Oh, I, yeah. I had a good crowd. Um, you know, I've good. got a number of people who are really concerned about this Delta variant. Um, well, we're eyeballing that. It, it looks like we might do kind of a night of worship instead of like any kind of program kind of thing. Yeah. We might do like a night of worship, yeah. but judging what the the covid thing is going to be do and we'll prepare well this is what the one that i picked out is part of kind of like a ready to sing kind of series it's a little bit easier mm. yeah uh because what i didn't want to do was throw something really complex at them and then they end up having to shut down for a little bit yeah uh, you know i need something that they can keep going with that'll be easy for them with rehearsal cds and all that stuff so that they can keep pressing on you know yeah i forgot about those ready to worship yeah so this is part no it's four part is it? Yeah, it's four part. It's just there aren't a lot of super complex harmonies in it, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to follow movements. general, yeah, general choral lines that you would expect. Um, not nothing too too wacky in there. So, just easier for them to learn, easier yeah. for them to prepare for. And if we end up having to make a call where we back off for a little bit, they can keep going. Yeah. Um, and they can keep learning the songs with the rehearsal CD and their music and everything. So that that's my biggest fear right now is that we put a lot of prep work into it and then something happens and we can't, you know, we, we won't yeah. be able to do it. So uh, we, we will do something. I mean, this way they've got something that they can learn and, you know, worst case scenario, we'll, we'll be able to put something out. Yeah. Uh, even if we can't gather, we'll put something out. So Call your local prison representative. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, he will call you. Yeah, he will call you 12 times uh, or more. Or more. <laughs> uh, anyway, brother, thanks for thanks for being here today. Yeah. Thanks for bearing with me. I was not much help to you this week as we started looking at topics. <laughs> so, no, it's, it's, it's good. It, it's probably something we can nail in a little bit more. I think everybody has a, a big issue. They feel it anyway yeah. with, with the social media stuff. Yeah. It's a good topic. You at least feel the pull between yeah. – what God asks of us and what the world is pulling us to do. But remember, mm. you don't want a king. Mm. You don't want the king. All right. He will rule over you. <laughs> you want the king. You don't want a king. Right, exactly. Little K. Little exactly. K. We want to keep following Jesus. We don't want the other guy. 
So. There is a king. Stop it now. <laughs> I know. I, that song, I love that I song. I love it. I love That's that got to be one of my favorite contemporary songs of all time. I don't is, know is what that it is. A, is that a 7-Eleven song, Danny? No. Is it? No. no. It's not. I had to think through the lyrics. Some that, of the deepest lyrics I've That I've is not on my radar ever. I'll sing hymns no, that repeat the same either. things. I'll sing contemporary songs that repeat the same things. Mm-hmm. If it repeats it, there's a reason. We, we probably need to hear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyway, well, brother, I appreciate it. Thanks for joining me this morning. For all of you out there listening, thecomplaintdesk.com, you can go and get all of our merch. No, I'm just kidding. We have no merch. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we have no merch. <laughs> You can read Doug's one-line bio. Um, I can sell you a Tampa Bay Rays hat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, always, though, email us, info at thecomplaintdesk.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. How can we help you? Yeah. What can we do for you? What can we What can we put out there that will be a blessing to you? And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do what we can to share uh, what we know, the things that mm-hmm. we uh, have worked through in our ministries, the things that we've had to put time into, sweat, blood, tears, you know, all those things, you know, let, let us help you. Uh, let us know what we can do to help you. But as always, for everybody listening, we're praying for you as you lead. Brother, I'm praying for you. Uh, yeah, I hope you have a great that. weekend. Uh, we do have a deacon ordination this weekend. That'll be that'll Yay. be a fun service. Um, th- those are always neat. Just fun, fun things in the life of the families. You get to kind of help people realize what God can do through them, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that one too. But uh, anyway, thank you all for joining us. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend, and we will see you next time. Y'all have a great day.